Today, my brothers and sisters, on the 13th Sunday of St. Luke, it's evident, especially if you were here early during the Orthro service, you hear the hymns that are calling out to us, reminding us that Christ is coming, that Christmas is coming. We hear the beautiful katavasias, the hymns in the Orthros, saying that Christ is born. The church prepares us, attempts to prepare us to receive him. And each week, the gospels, the hymns, the saints, they are attempting to nudge us very gently and reminding us of the need for each human being to work on themselves. We hear in the gospel today a story about a rich lawyer Lawyers need not be offended. This is a story about all of us, not a story simply about lawyers. The man tells Christ, what do I need to do to be saved? And Christ says, well, you, you have to follow the commandments. You know that the commandments, there are certain people that have studied law today, and they say that more than 30 million laws internationally are based on the commandments. Is that incredible? 35 million approximately laws in different countries around the world are based on the Ten Commandments. Still today, the commandments affect how we live. They affect how we treat one another. They affect how governments govern their people. Men have come and gone, but the commandments have remained. And the rich young lawyer says, no problem, I follow the commandments. What else do I need to do to be saved? Some of the fathers of the church writing about this particular passage believe that the man asked the question not because he sincerely wanted to know how to go to heaven, but he wanted to hear a justification. He wanted to hear someone compliment him. He wanted to hear that you're good. You need do nothing else. You're all set. And of course, we know that this is not orthodox. The Protestants believe that a specific moment in time is when you are saved. Have you ever heard when certain Protestant groups say, when were you saved or are you saved? And if you ask a Protestant, when were you saved, they'll say, March 13th, 1999 when, is when I was saved. And that means to them that that is the moment that they decided that they believe in Christ as their Savior and that they will try to go to church and they'll try to live as a Christian. However, we know in the 2,000 years approximately of orthodoxy, having received from Christ, the apostles maintained and passed on to the fathers of the church and to the good Orthodox Christians from generation to generation. And we are blessed enough to be exposed to Orthodoxy today that salvation is not a moment, but a journey through our life. Salvation does not mean that because I decide, I am now saved. 
St. Paul, who we knew was a ruthless persecutor of the church, talked about this in his epistles. He talks about grace and faith and works, and it is a procession in our life. Hopefully we progress and believe and we, we, give, we do more good works. In today's gospel, the man had more of a Protestant mindset than an Orthodox one, believing that because he did some good things, he was saved and it was done. Christ knows our hearts. He knows what's in our minds. And he knew that this man loved something more than anything else in life. And it was that he loved his possessions. He was very rich. And Christ, understanding exactly what this man was, he said to him, you lack just one thing. Since you follow the commandments, you have to sell everything you have and give it to the poor and then follow. And of course, the man's face changed. He became, he became melancholy. He knew that he couldn't possibly do this because he loved these things so, so much. For us, none of us will ever be judged for being successful. We will never be judged for having a lot of money at our disposal. However, we're reminded today that if we love anything, whether it is money or anything else, more than God, that is problematic for our souls. He says it'll be easier for a camel to enter the kingdom of heaven. Easier for, it'll be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And you know this statement that Christ gives was something that the Jews understood well. There was a gate to enter the city of Jerusalem called the Eye of the Needle because it was a very tiny gate. Some of the gates are very large. We could drive a truck through them today. Other gates were very small, and this was strategic for defense. And you know how the Jews, how the people of that time period got most of their things around? On the backs of camels. And you know what they had to do when they got to this specific gate, this particular gate? They had to unload everything off the camel. The camel would crouch down on the ground, and it would shimmy through this particular gate called the eye of the needle. And so when Christ told them this, it didn't mean the eye of a needle, a pin, but the eye of the needle of the gate into Jerusalem, which was very difficult to get through. For us, the lesson remains that in our life, we will know that we are on the right path when we love God above everything. And when we love God above everything, we can lose everything else in our life and still have peace and happiness. We can lose everything except for our soul and still find happiness, still be fulfilled, there was a study recently by Oxford that talked about addiction in young people. You know that there is a, a great problem in the world and even in our country. We live in the greatest, wealthiest country in the world. And we have more children dying of addiction, of 
especially today of fentanyl, than they do of any other disease or accident. And psychiatrists believe that these children, and not just children, but adults that deal with addiction, are trying to fill something that is lacking in their life. They are unfulfilled. And we know from the writings of the fathers of the church from the 2nd and 3rd and 4th century that someone who loves God and is filled with that love for God will not need to fill his life with anything else. I pray today that we understand the lesson, that we understand the reading, that we understand the church's love for us, her guidance, that we too may not only do well in life and be successful, but that we can do good things with our success and that people will see it and they will give glory to Him.